Welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope that this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Good evening, everyone. Good to be here. Good to be online with you. Welcome in tonight if you're at home watching this or wherever you are, welcome in. Uh, it's good to be in the house of God, to feel the, the, uh, the freedoms coming back to the country and seeing people out again. And, you know, it's great to see. It's great to be out and uh, to have that bit of um, just that freedom and that joy and coming in the house of God, knowing that you're going to meet with everyone and uh, it's going to be a blessing. Well, I'm looking forward to sharing the word tonight with you. God's, God's put something in my heart, something just the Lord's been doing and sharing with me uh, in the word. It's nothing complicated. It's actually very simple, but it's something that, uh, that has produced a lot of fruit or a lot of joy and especially peace in my own heart. And it's been a real recent blessing of mine. So I just want to share it with you uh, just as God has been doing a work in my heart over the past few months uh, this particular truth has just taken root, and out of it there's been some great fruit, and I, and I feel a great sense of joy and peace uh, because of this truth. So I want to share with you tonight. Tonight I want to talk to you about the joy that comes from living on God's timetable. The joy that comes from living on God's timetable. Uh, we're going to look at tonight's scripture. It's in Psalm 31:15. If you want to turn there, you can. Uh, this is the, the psalmist David. We're, we're going to look at just part of this verse. We're going to build out around this idea, this thought, this truth tonight, uh, where Paul, or sorry, where David makes a declaration in the midst of a whirlwind nightmare. Uh, in the middle of this psalm of lament, in the, the middle of this night of pain and darkness, uh, David, who was finding his, trying to find his feet in the flood, found this rock, this bedrock truth, as he was trying to keep his head above water. And, and in the middle of his psalm, his head pops up, and he makes this declaration. And... Uh, there's such an assurance in it, and it, this truth became such a blessing to him, and it guided him, and it, and it, and it, it you know, it was a mooring in his life. It was a foundational stone, and once this foundational stone is laid in our lives, uh, there's a great deal of peace and joy that comes with it when we embrace it, and so I want to just look at the first part of this verse, and then we're going to pray and we're going to look at this phrase together. Psalm 31, 15, David makes a declaration. My times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from those who persecute me. The first part of that verse, those two phrases, my times, your hands. My times, your hands. My times, belong in your hands. David, in the middle of his pain, in the middle of his sorrow, makes this bold declaration. 
And I believe it's something that God wants every child of God to have in the midst of their dark times, in the midst of their good times, in the midst of life, whatever you're going through. God wants you to know that your times are in his hands. Amen. And this is integral to your faith. This is, this is so important for us to grasp that this is not a throwaway statement. This is a theology. This is a doctrinal truth. This is an undergirding reality for all of us that our times are in God's hands. God's hands. Let's pray. Father, we love you tonight and we bless you for your word. For your word to us is life. For your word to us is light. For your word to us is a rock in a storm where we can find no footing, where we can find no place to stand. God, when we hear your word to us, it gives us an ability to stand and to stand firm. Though the wind howls and the rain blows and every voice comes, Lord, these words build in our heart to a crescendo of faith that we agree with, that we know that is true, that our times are in your hands. They're not in the hands of the government. They're not in the hands of parents in the past and family patterns of behaviors. They're not in the, my boss's hands. They're not in anyone else's hands but yours. And they're not even in mine. They're in yours, Lord. You've possessed the reins of my life. You've possessed the reins of your children when you took us up and when you drew us out of many waters, when you drew us unto yourself, you purchased to you the rights to our lives. And we're so thankful that you own the rights to our lives tonight, that you are the author, that you are the finisher, you are the one that begins it, and you are the one that continues it, and you are the one who ends it. And this for us is our consolation in a changing world. And so tonight, Lord, we're going to rejoice around this truth, come around it, and let it warm us, let it encourage us, and let it build our faith as we live in a changing world. This unchanging truth, Lord, is going to be a cornerstone that will keep us. Bless us tonight as we look at your word. My times are in your hand. You know, there's, a, there's joy and peace when we start to live off the grid of our own timetables. You know what I mean by living off the grid. Living, living not dependent on what we think or how we think our lives should play out, or the time in which it should take for certain things to happen in our lives. There's a joy when you get disconnected from that way of thinking. And when you start to plug in to a heavenly reality that you are put here for a purpose, that God has his hand on your life, and that he is directing your life, and that you are better led than you realize. That God is all about directing and shaping and building your life. 
and, and it's, there, there's a lot of peace. There's a lot of comfort when we start to pull away from our own expectations and start to live a life in trusting God to bring about his version of our lives that he wants to happen. When we begin to trust him with the story that he's writing in our lives, there's a lot of joy and peace that begins to fill your heart. When you start to take your hands off the quill, when you start to take your hands off of the copyrights and you begin to let God write into your life what he wants to write in what he wants to put into your life, what he wants to take out of your life. There's a joy that comes and, and there's a blessing that comes in your heart and there's an ability then when you begin to see God's purposes unfold in your life to say with Job in dark seasons and dark places, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord because it's God at work. I see something working in my life beyond my own feeble ability to shape my life and mold my life. God is at work in my life. And when you begin to recognize that and when you begin to rest in it, there's a joy that begins to come up into your heart. There's something that begins to happen. Life becomes more interesting. Your days become worth living. You begin to find that there's a joy beyond what you have or you don't have. And you can begin to appreciate things a whole lot better when you start living off of your own timetable. Because when we're on our timetables, you know, so often when we're on our own timetables, they're not really in line with God's timetable. You ever notice that? Your expectations your ideas of where you should be, what you, what, how, what you should have or what you should have accomplished or whoever you are, it, it, it doesn't seem to fit in with God's timetable or God's image or God's view or God's finished piece. It doesn't seem to fit. And mainly because our timetables are conformed not by what God would have, but by what the worldly standards around us are, are dictating to us. Oh, you should be, you know, married with X number of kids and make X amount of money and be educated at this institution and have this and have that and have, you know, all of those sort, certain things, those, those markers in life, all of those things. And so often we are conforming our life not to God's timetable, but to something we receive, not from the Spirit, but that comes from, you know, the world that comes from maybe family expectations or expectations, high expectations we can even put on ourselves. I know I've been victim of that myself. It's so easy to have such high expectations of yourself that you fail to meet those timetables. You fail to meet those goals and those places in your life. And it can bring a lot of distress. It can bring a lot of heartache. When you're living on your own timetable, when you're, when you're not meeting those, those, those uh, goalposts, when you're not meeting those goals or, or living up to that, this sinking feeling of, of failure can begin to take hold. And you can lose the luster for life. 
You can lose the passion for life and the joy in life. And, and it's so easy to let those things because we're living in a culture that's all about success, that's all about the outward things and not really the things that truly, truly matter in life. It's easy to let those things grab hold of our hearts and grab the reins of our heart and begin to direct us in places away from what God intends for us. So it's easy to let what is deemed as successful and healthy and blessed in this world shape our view of ourselves and put us on a false timeline and and a false trajectory that many times God has to rescue us from. How many of you have been rescued from your own timeline? I have been rescued over and over and over and over and over again from my own timeline. And I'm so thankful that I've got a shepherd that comes looking for me when I leave his timeline. When I don't show up at the watering hole when I should. When I'm not in the green pastures when I should be there. When I'm not in that point in that place that he has provision for me. And I'm glad that he comes seeking my soul to bring me back in line with his will. Because that's what he's promised to do. To shepherd us into his timeline to shepherd us into his heart, to shepherd us into his future. Praise the Lord. So we have this great helper. We've got this great shepherd that's always shepherding us towards his best. When we get on a false timeline and a false trajectory, God has to rescue us many times from it. And and, uh, because many times we start to introduce harmful elements into our lives that start to frustrate grace working in our lives. You ever notice that? We like to complicate things. We like to add things in that God has no intention of of, of putting into our lives. We like to add it in. We like all these add-ons, you know. It's like, you know, you just keep putting this thing in and that thing in. And before you know it, you've got God has to come and, and, and really move in your heart and give you that discernment and show you what you need to lay down, show you what you need, to, what's besetting you and keeping and, and frustrating God wanting to bless you. God wants to bless you. But we keep adding these elements into our life that frustrates God's blessings a lot of times. And we can't even enjoy the blessings of God because we're, 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 we're striving to bring something about in our own strength. And I believe there are many people living frustrated Christian lives because they're on a false timeline with a false view. And they're not resting and trusting that God has your life, that God has your, a plan for you. For you, not just for me because I'm a pastor or a leader, but for you as a Christian, as a child of God. God has a plan for you. Can you say that with me? God has a plan for me. Say that out loud in faith. God has a plan for me. I don't care how old you are, the young one sitting here tonight. God has a plan for you. God has a plan for us. And some people are living on a false timeline. And we wind up frustrated when we start to tamper with our own timelines and start interfering with God's plan and grace at work in our lives. You know, as a kid, I used to love to break things to see how they worked. I don't know if you ever did that. 
But every toy, anything I ever got, I'd tear it apart and be destroyed. I could never get it back together. I just wanted to know how it works. And sometimes I do that. Sometimes God wants to bless me or do things. And I overcome, start thinking through this, you know, and, and my thinking, my stinking thinking gets in the way of God just blessing me. And just, you know, it's, it, it, and we, we start thinking, well, I can't be God or whatever. And all these things. So God wants to remove and get us into resting and trusting and just enjoying our life in him and trusting him for our futures. Because our futures, we don't really have to worry about them. God's already said that. You, we don't have to worry about your future. You don't. God, that's off the table. Right. God's moved that off the table. That's what he said. The biblical narrative is filled with so many good examples of people that found grace to trust God's timeline and also that rushed then also that pushed and also that added elements into their life that shouldn't have been there. You think about Abraham, how he how he preemptively got ahead of God and introduced to this world a conflict that's still going on in the Middle East today. It was because a man rushed ahead of God. There's so much confusion and disruption and brokenness in the Middle East because a man got ahead of God and introduced elements into his life that weren't meant to be there, that wasn't according to God's timeline. He got ahead of himself. His wife got ahead of herself, and they introduced these elements. And thank God, God redeemed them out of that. But there's all these stories, there's all these, 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 these people's lives that are examples of, of people that, that, that got ahead. And there's also examples of people that, that trusted the Lord. No matter what, I think about Joseph. I think about Job and Daniel. Great examples of men who, who went through it and really were put to it. And they, they just rested in God's sovereignty. They trusted in God's timeline. And it paid out dividends in the end. It pays to trust God. Amen. It pays out in the end when you trust God to direct your life. And there's there's... Loads of other stories about, you know, as I said, people that rushed and pushed and grew impatient. And I think there are people that could be listening tonight. I know there are because we're human and this is what we do that are frustrated because you've been tampering with your timeline. You're tampering with God's plan. You've opened the hood and you're tinkering on an engine that is under warranty from the manufacturer. That God says, I don't want you under this. I don't want you in this particular part. I, I'll take care of this. But you, you, started to, you started to get in. You started to add things. And God is wanting you to take your hands off. Because God's got something special for you. Something better for you than you could even imagine for yourself. You're trying to make things happen. Trying to push past God's loving limitations to become something or to be someone that God has no desire for you to become. What a sad thing that you spend your life becoming something that God does not want you to become. My goodness, God help us and deliver us from that delusion of thinking that we can create a better version of ourselves than God can. God deliver us from these these wrong ways of thinking, and Lord, help us to see that your version of my life is way better for me and everyone involved when I trust you and let you work it out. Amen? 
You've got to realize that your heavenly father has the best plan for you that you could possibly ever conjure up or imagine. God wants you to be connected to his agenda for you. He wants you to be connected to that. He wants it to be living in you. You know, for me, thinking back and going through different things, this was in some ways, I, I really wasn't fully connected with this truth as, as, in late, as in days in my life. You know, we learned these lessons, these hard knocks in life. But when you start to learn how to walk in God's timetable and walk with God and not rush and not push, you know, it's so much easier to live life that way. Jesus said that my yoke is easy. My burden is light. There's a rest. There's a joy when you start to trust God with all of your tomorrows. God wants you to be rejoicing about his plan for you. He wants you to know that you, he has a future, that you have a future, and not frustrated and burned out and disillusioned. And when we live disconnected from God's timetable and his calendar, we invite discouragement. We invite frustration, and we invite disillusionment. You, you are a, a, a resentment magnet when you get disconnected from God's timeline. You start to resent people. You start to resent where you are. You start to, they're, they're, you get filled with resentment. That is one of the sure signs that you are not trusting in God's timeline is that your heart is filled with resentment about where you are and discontentment. And you're disillusioned. But you've invited that in because you have allowed other things into your timeline and you're not resting in the joy of being on God's timeline. Letting him work things out. Letting him fight your battles. Letting him come when he needs to come. Stepping out and away from trusting God's plan with your tomorrows and his plan is an open invitation for discouragement. It's an open invitation. If you want to be discouraged, step out of God's timeline. Start to tinker with it. Start to think you can do it better. I've been there. I've done that. It's like hanging a huge sign on the door of your life that reads, all negative emotion, all frustration, all disillusionment is welcome here. You might as well be walking around with a placard when you're trying to work out your life and not trusting God with all your tomorrows. You are inviting it in. You are, you are, you are opening your heart to these things. Instead of things that are good and holy and blessed and peace and joy and well-being, you are inviting in every dark thing when you do this. And we become easy prey for the enemy. Easy prey when we're not living on God's timetable. I think about Saul in the Bible. He's a great example of a man who refused to walk in God's timetable. Over and over again, God was merciful. Over and over again, God, but he grew impatient. He was proud. He had fear and anxieties, and he, and he pushed, and he pushed past God's loving limitations in his life, and he went ahead of God, and the Bible says the Spirit came and tormented him. 
The, the enemy came and tormented this man and it wreaked havoc on his faith, on his mind, on his heart and in his relationships. There are some of you here and that are listening. Your relationships are in disarray. Your, your children are estranged from you. There are family members estranged from you because you have stepped out of God's timeline and you have sought to make your own way. And you are tormented. You're, 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 you're living a tormented life because you are now, you've taken your, your life is no longer in his hands, they're in yours. They're in yours. And there's so many people that have wound up in a spiritual cul-de-sac because they couldn't trust God with all their tomorrows. They couldn't, they couldn't trust God. They, it, it was a step too far. Well, the good news is this, and I'm going to share it with you for the next 10 minutes. The good news is there is hope for anyone tonight that is in that place. If you're disconnected with God's timetable, if you've gotten off track, the good news is that he rescues us. Amen. The good news is that you may think you have lost time, but God just writes that into the timeline. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how, but he makes, it's, there's these tolerances in our life that God says, yeah, I know you're going to go off for this. I know this is going to happen, but I'm writing it into your story. And I'm going to bring you out where I always wanted you to be. There's no B, C, D, E ending in this. It's only the A and I'm going to bring you to an expected end. I'm going to bring you to where I wanted you to be. Isn't that Wonderful. I never forget David Wilkerson said one time he was teaching on, on New Covenant. And he's like, you know, he was like, you know, as you get older and you mature in the Lord, you go through, you know, his old way of thinking was you, you, you graduate, you know, you go up in levels and that. And then when you fail, you're right back into kindergarten. And he said, that's not God's heart at all. Isn't that wonderful? He's not sending you backwards. He's sending you forwards. What's gone is gone. The past is the past. God's no interest in the past. He's the God of the living. Amen? It was the immortal Colonel John Hannibal Smith, the leader of the A-team, that once said the famous lines, I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> I don't know if you like the A-team. That's a shout out to all those 80s kids. I love it when a plan comes together and everything seemed to come together in the third act every time for them. But that's the way it is for the believer. It always comes together. And God delights when his plans come together. God delights in when his plans come together. He loves to bring about a good ending. God loves to bring about a good ending. And we fail to understand that at time. God's timing. Solomon said it best, God makes all things beautiful in his time. For every time there's a season, for pain, for joy, it goes down through those. But God is making everything beautiful in his time. Isn't that wonderful? God is working that, and only God can. How do I get in step with God's agenda for my life? I just want to bring a few things to the table here and encourage you with them. How do I, how do I get into, into step with God's agenda for my life? Number one, number one, stop rushing to nowhere. Start, stop rushing to nowhere. Some of us live with this, you know, you don't even know why you're being pushed, but you're just being pushed everywhere. You're anxious. 
and you're just pushing, pushing, pushing. You need to stop. You need to just stop. You need, to, you need to take time out. If you've got to plan some time off, I had to do it. I had to push the stop button on my life. I felt I was pushing, 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 and I was pushing myself to an early grave until God said, that's enough. You've got to push the stop button. I want to talk to you about something. And as I began to hear the voice of God pour into my life, he was, he was sharing these, what I'm sharing with you here, that you're not living in joy because you're trying, to, you're trying to do all this yourself. You're trying to make things happen. You're trying to uphold everything and be everything. And you, 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 you feel like your life is in your own hands, but I've got to teach you, son. Your life is not in your, they're in my hands. And you need to stop rushing. Church, if there's one thing we need to stop doing, is we rush through life. Where are we going? Where are you going? Why is everybody in a hurry to get to some place that nobody knows where we're all going to? You can't even tell me why you're anxious. Oh, I got to go home and do this. I got to go do that. I got to go do that. I got to get the kids here and get there. Stop it. It's not necessary. I love one of the best messages Pastor Nick's ever preaches. Go take a walk. Remember that? He talked about going out and looking at the flowers. We need to get back to not rushing. We should not be rushing around as Christians, running from here to there, and our lives filled with nothing. And at the end of the day, we're exhausted, and we have nothing to show for it. That is not the heart of God for his children. God wants us to have something in the tank. God wants us to have resources. God wants to give us what we need for life and godliness, but it does not come from rushing around. You need to come back to God's pace. The church needs to step back and move with God's pace. God in step with him. And that's a word for some of you today. You need to stop. That's a word. You need to push the stop button. A selah moment as it talks about in the Psalms. Take a pause in your life. If you've got to plan time away, do it. But get alone with God. Find his voice for you. If you find yourself rushing to nowhere. Number two. There's three, we'll get through them, and then we'll close out. Say goodbye to old seasons. Sometimes you have to shut the door on the past because your expectations are anchored to something there. The first one, stop trying to resurrect past good experiences. Boy, oh boy. You can actually be resisting good change because of a good past. I was thinking about in Zechariah when those children of Israel came back and they looked at that shabby little temple that finally got built and they started weeping and they couldn't even enjoy the day. God had brought them out of captivity. God had raised them up. They had built this temple and the glory of this house was going to be greater than the glory and some of them couldn't enjoy the new thing that God was doing because God had done something good in the past and they were, all of their expectations were anchored there and they couldn't live in the moment and enjoy what God was doing. 
And some of us, we live on these moments, these holy moments in our past. Oh, I remember 20 years ago when God blessed me and I got filled with the Holy Spirit and all this wonderful stuff happened. Oh, if that could just happen again. The good old days are gone. We are living in the now. You need to shut the door. The good experiences are there to propel our faith now so that we can feed on what God is doing now, not to anchor us in a past and keep us parked. Amen? Because God wants to do greater things. Amen? Can you believe that? And I've seen it in ministry. It's so easy in ministry to get locked in. You talk to ministers. You know, you go around. I don't want to give too much away, but, you know, talking to different ministers and going out and meeting different people. People can get so locked into what's happening in their community. Oh, God will have to move this way because I know the community this way and this way. No, get out of the way. Let God move. Let God be God. Stop anchoring your faith and everything and trying to tie God to your expectations. Because you had some miracle that happened. Let it go. It was wonderful. Praise the Lord. You had a great whatever, a great run, whatever. But move on. Maybe you're holding on to that and you think maybe God's trying to bring you into a broader place. Good memories can blind us to something wonderful God is doing now. Number, the second part of this, and then I'll hit the third and we'll close. Stop living in past hurts, disappointments, and failures. Not only the good things, but the bad things. And this is more of the toxic areas. And I've, and I've seen this in my own life. You could actually be missing out on your large place in Christ when you choose the narrow perspective of holding on to what people have done instead of what God is doing and what he wants to do in your life. You meet people and it's that one name they keep repeating over and over again. Well, you don't know what so-and-so did to me. You don't know what that church did. You don't know what so-and-so. You don't know what I had. You don't know what I lost. Listen, I could live in that myself, but I've chosen to shut the door on things. There have been things that all of us have to deal with. And sometimes you just have to grow up and just accept that life isn't fair and you're going to go through difficulty. People are going to hurt you. They're going to say things about you. They're going to wound you. They're going to stab you in the back. They're going to cut you. But you know what? When you walk with God, God will give you the grace to bear it. He'll give you the, the, the power to move past it and to forgive and to love and to be kind and to continue to move forward. You can't stay anchored in the past. There are people, you know, I've heard them here in our own church. And, and, you know, there, there came a point, I'll use my own life. There came a point in my own life, because I've been through some hurt. I've been through some things. Some people know that. You know, some stuff. I've, and there came a point in my own life where the Lord said, you have to stop telling the story now. You have to lay it to rest. If you want to receive what I have for you, you've got to shut the door. And you've got to move on. You are not a victim. You are a victor in Christ. And I'm going to see you through this. And I'm going to give you a better future than you could ever imagine. You've got to shut the door. If it's an ex, if it's a boss, if it's whatever it is, a parent, you've got to learn to shut the door. And let God help you. And let go of the past so you can begin to see that God's got a future for you. Last thing, and I'll close with this. And this is, this is wonderful. This is where... I've started doing this, and it's been a wonderful experience. I've shared a little bit about it. Start making space for the Holy Spirit to shape your outlook on God's timing. Make space for it. 
Stop rushing and make space for the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life. And he will speak to you. Isaiah 40, 31 says this, but those who wait on Jehovah shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And this word is a promise to a people about God's timing. This isn't about a prayer meeting. You know, we like to use it that way, and that's true. There's a blessing in waiting on the Lord. But this is about waiting on God's word to be performed, waiting on what David said, my times are in your hands. I may not see it yet, but Lord, I know there's a good ending coming. You've written it. You've said it. I believe it. It's coming. And this is the promise. Those that wait on God's timeline will renew their strength as they're waiting. That's powerful. That's, that's a great thing. So when you're waiting on God's timeline, there's strength in waiting. There's a, you're making room for, okay, I've got to wait. So while I wait, Lord, talk to me. Bless me. Use me where I am. Touch my life where I'm at. Let me blossom where I'm at, Lord. God, use me where I'm at. I'm, I'm, an, I'm here. I'm before you. God, touch my life. Now, most translations get this verse wrong where it says that they shall mount up with wings as eagles and fly. It's actually, it actually means that they'll be renewed, like the feathers, the eagle's feathers where they molt, they change, the feathers fall off, and all new feathers come on. And that's why it says they'll renew their strength. It's tied to that, that image, and it's throughout the Bible. But this is the picture that God gives us. As you wait and you give space to the Holy Spirit, your mind gets renewed. As you wait on God's timeline, and you're able to walk through it, you're able to walk through it with dignity. I don't have time to finish it here, but there's, a, there's some more things. Dignity, poise, patience, strength, discernment, all becomes yours as you begin to wait on the Lord. God renews you. Brothers and sisters, our times are in his hands. Can we say that together? Our times are in his hands. Let's say it again really loud. Our times are in his hands. Now make it personal. My time is in his hand. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? Let's stand together and rejoice in that tonight, can we? Hallelujah. Our time is in his hands. I don't know about you, but I want to be in God's agenda. I want to open my life up to God's blessings. I want to open my life up to possibilities not limiting myself and shutting myself down from the things that I think I don't deserve or think I can't have. I want to open my heart to possibilities tonight that God is able to do abundantly above all we can ask or imagine in our life. I want to pray tonight. If you need restoration into God's agenda, would you just cry out to him tonight? If you need refocus, pray that prayer tonight. Ask him, God, refocus me. Help me to let go of the past. Help me to make time. Help me to push stop. Help me to walk with you, Lord. Father, we come to you tonight, and Lord, we lift up. I lift up everyone listening, Lord. Our times are in your hands. We trust you to bring about change, to to bring about circumstances, to, to guide us, to lead us, to bring breakthroughs that are, that are long in waiting, to bring healings that are long waited for, 
restoration that's long waited for, direction that may be long waited for. Lord, our times are in your hands. And Lord, until those until there's a release, until there's a moving, help us to trust you. Help us to wait and help us to be renewed like the eagles, Lord. Help us, our, our bodies, our minds to be renewed as we wait on your timeline, Lord. Help us not to get ahead of you. Help us to bless you as we wait. Lord, we love you and we thank you tonight that we are better led than we know that you have a plan. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you tonight. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website. It's www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time.